Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Good evening and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the national emergency of gun violence in America. I'm Ty Kersley. And I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. In tonight's show, we have an in memoriam. We have our gun violence news update. We have an interview with an elected official by Kathy Marino Thomas. And we have our feature on this show, Safer Than a Gun, Five Ways to Protect Yourself During a Pandemic. And we will leave you with a special feature, a uh, special sing-out by Sing Out Louise. So before the in memoriam, we want to invite you to become a WBAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. As a listener, you are already getting informed and acting in many ways to benefit our community. WBAI needs your support to keep you informed and active. No doubt you are depending much more on WBAI these days than you usually do. And Radio Gag depends on WBAI to get the message out. So we thank WBAI for this great opportunity to get our message out and make a difference in preventing gun violence. Commercial-free and listener-sponsored, WBAI is community radio and has been since 1960. Keep WBAI strong through your donation of any amount and by becoming a Radio Gag Buddy. So go to WBAI.org, call 516-620-3602 and become a buddy in the name of Radio Gag. And now for the in memoriam. Monica Diamond, a 34-year-old black transgender woman and business owner, was killed in Charlotte, North Carolina on March 18th. Diamond's death is believed to be the fourth violent death of a transgender or gender nonconforming person in 2020. Diamond was experiencing shortness of breath while medic personnel were treating her. The alleged shooter climbed in the ambulance with Diamond and asked paramedics if he could come in. Medic protocol does not allow family or friends into the ambulance with the patient, so he was turned away. A few moments later, he returned and opened fire, killing Diamond. Officers were able to immediately take the suspect into custody. None of the paramedics on scene were injured. He is being held on charges of murder, breaking and entering a motor vehicle, and larceny of a firearm, and being held without bail. Diamond was active in the Charlotte LGBTQ and nightlife community and was the co-owner and founder of an event promotion company. She was also the co-CEO of the International Mother of the Year pageantry system, a pageant that honors LGBTQ mothers. Through her work, Diamond spent her adult life creating community and spaces for LGBTQ people in Charlotte and beyond to come together and celebrate their lives. She was a chosen mother To countless, she was a business owner, a loving friend, and she did not deserve to have her life taken from her. Monica Diamond, we remember you. And now in the news, the Trump administration has added the firearms industry, gun shops included, to a federal list of critical infrastructure during the ongoing COVID-19 emergency. The new language was added to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's webpage. It now deems workers supporting the operation of firearm and ammunition product manufacturers, retailers, importers, distributors, and shooting ranges as critical. Previously designated critical industries include energy, food production, emergency services, government offices, transportation, and healthcare. The list is meant to be an advisory for state and local governments in their decision-making as they work to protect their communities while ensuring continuity on functions critical to public health and safety. During the pandemic, the website says, 
It was met with praise by the group Gun Owners of America, which said in a statement Saturday that it is encouraged. President Trump's administration is not ignoring the ability to protect yourself during the emergency. For our next story, the Albuquerque Police Department has arrested a 19-year-old for the shooting death of his 13-year-old cousin. Police say the 19-year-old was joking around and wound up shooting his cousin on Thursday, March 19th. Detectives were told that the shotgun was bought recently and was kept at his cousin's home since his mother would not allow him to keep guns at his residence. According to police, the 19-year-old took the shotgun to take home for protection due to the COVID-19 outbreak. He told authorities that he pulled the trigger once and nothing happened, but then racked the shotgun while he was walking toward the door. He then stopped and pulled the trigger in front of his younger cousin, who was hit in the torso. He told police that he did not know the gun was loaded. Police arrived at the scene and attempted to perform life-saving measures. He was taken to a hospital where he died. Once again, fear has driven people to purchase guns to, as they think, need to protect themselves. That this virus cannot be cured from a gun. So we'll be talking about more of that later. That's what our show's about tonight. Listening to Radio Gag on WBAI 99.5 FM. I'm Sarah Lilly. And I'm Ty Kersley. Good evening, this is Kathy Marino-Thomas from Gays Against Guns, bringing you this week's COVID-19 update. We're joined by Matt McMorrow from Bill de Blasio's office. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Hi, Kathy. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I hope your family's doing well and everybody's safe. Thank you. Yes, uh, we, we actually experienced uh, COVID-19 last week, or last two weeks, but are finally feeling better. Um, my, my partner, Mark, actually experienced it much worse than I did. I, I had very, very mild, mild symptoms. Um, but we're doing much better now and, um, you know, want to just be supportive and helpful of everybody else. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners what you do at uh, Bill de Blasio's office? Uh, sure. Normally, uh, I'm the mayor's senior advisor for LGBTQ community affairs, uh, but these days, uh, in the last few weeks, everybody in City Hall and, and pretty much a lot of city government uh, has been completely focused on the COVID-19 crisis we're experiencing right now. I bet. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I still regularly update LGBTQ community members and, and leaders uh, in the city's response to uh, the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, I help connect people with city services and, you know, share news about what services are available. And... I listen to a lot of concerns from the community and share with, share those concerns with City Hall and uh, city agencies that apply. You want to give our listeners like a website or a phone they could they could go to if they need more information as the days go by. Uh, sure, I think the um, the number one thing I would suggest is that New Yorkers should text COVID to six nine two six nine two from their cell phone, and that will give you regular updates and new developments sent directly to your phone. Uh, so that's COVID to 692-692. Uh, 
you can also find a lot of resources if you go to nyc.gov slash coronavirus. Uh, that'll take you to a Department of Health webpage that has a lot of resources, a lot of information about the virus and how to protect yourself and your families from it, how to protect other people from it, um, and also resources that are available in case you develop symptoms. So that's That's terrific. Thanks for that, Matt. So, any new developments today that we should know about? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what's crazy to think about is that just two weeks ago, there were fewer than 200 confirmed cases in New York City. And as of 10.30 a.m. today, there are 36,221 oh, confirmed cases. And uh, sadly, we've lost 790 New Yorkers uh, to this coronavirus. Um, we are we are doing everything we can to save and protect lives. Um, and I'm just heartened by so many people in New York City who are, uh, who are listening to the advice of our healthcare professionals. Um, and it's, uh, I think if we just work together to stop the spread, uh, we can, we can, we can get through this, but it is very, it's a very challenging time for our city. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with us today. I hope that we can come back to you as we live through this thing and get an update. And please give everyone at the mayor's office and everyone in your family our best. Sure. Reach out anytime. Thank you so much, Kathy. And to you and your family, please stay healthy and safe. Thanks. So, Ty, let's talk about ways that people can keep themselves safe without buying a gun. Whenever I talk to youth about this issue, someone invariably says, but I need a gun for protection. So these are scary right. times. Let's acknowledge that feeling afraid is legitimate, even though there are some real dangers to acquiring a gun at this time. Exactly. Um, some of the risk factors that gun owners have, that they're two times more likely to be a victim of homicide and they're three times more likely to commit suicide. I just saw a study from the Gun Violence Research Center at UC Davis concerning the spike in gun sales after mass shootings like Sandy Hook. And in one example, over 36,000 guns were purchased in California alone after Sandy Hook. And at the same time, there was a 4% increase in firearms injuries statewide. Let's, uh, let's turn to some positives here. <laughs> Because Fun. the show is called Safer Than a Gun, and it makes me feel safe just to say that. So, so um, what about getting a dog? I know that, that is, this is one of the things that people do for self-defense, and how effective is it? One of the main things I think companionship in general could help anyone in this time frame. Uh, it's also a good time to start a new dog off when you're home a lot. But uh, as far as self-defense, there's... I mean, a dog barks if someone's at the door. It's going to hear that before you do. Um, the article we were reading was saying just how disoriented you are in the middle of the night. And if somebody were to break into your home, for self-defense, for home defense, uh, a dog makes a lot more sense. It's a less lethal way to deter anyone from trying to get into your home. And, and you're trained in the military. And we know that even in the best of circumstances, when police respond to a shooting, what is the statistic? Is it 25% of the time they accurately hit the target? I mean, it's hard to get it right, even when you're a trained professional. 
And for a homeowner in the middle of the night, there are a lot of places where the bullets can go that you don't want them to go, including into family members, but also destroying property and having this deadly effect on... Right, or just being someone who kills someone, regardless if you're doing it for the right reasons or you think you're doing it to protect yourself. You are not going to forget the fact that you took someone else's life or injured them severely. It's not a hero day. It's not like, yeah, look at me. I. It's as if people have a fantasy of protecting their home and being this hero or this figure that people can look up to because people do look up to you when it's your home and they want to feel safe, but you know, gunning people down that break into your home is also going to affect you negatively regardless. I've never understood why anyone that we've talked to on the other side of this issue are like, yeah, but if I had a gun, I would have been able to stop it. I'm like, why are you at all qualified to stop a shooting with your weapon to better the situation? And also, why would you want to be the guy that shoots someone in one of those situations? Why do you want to become basically a murderer? I think it's really important to uh, make it clear also that there are legal risks to shooting someone in your home. And just because you interrupt someone who is taking your television set out of the front door of your house does not mean that you have the right to end their life. And you can end up in court and there are penalties for hurting people because theft is not a capital crime. You don't have the right to take someone's life over a theft. So it's it's good to know about non-lethal ways to protect yourself and your property because they're also the safest uh, legally. Right. It's also something like a dog is always home. So even if someone was looking at your home or whatever and they see a dog, they're going to be deterred. I mean, just like when you have a security system or any of these other things that should deter um any kind of theft or breaking into your home, the dog is supposed to be protecting you. And I mean, I have only had dogs as an adult that weighed 10 pounds, but even they heard everything from the elevator opening in the hall to something. And they would you know, not bark incessantly, but certainly bring your attention. You could see their ears would stick up as soon as something was at the door. They are there to alert you. That's how they've been bred. Absolutely is it a better option, but uh, it's sort of who we are. We kind of have always had dogs with us for this reason. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a danger to your household members of having your gun nearby and loaded, which is... I talk to people online who say that you know they wouldn't have they wouldn't have their car in the garage with no gas so i'm having my gun loaded and right where i can grab it well that's where accidents happen that's where children and teenagers find guns that's how guns get stolen and even reporting stolen guns is a way that we can keep ourselves safer. Yeah, it's dangerous to have a gun in your household and it's it's dangerous to kids and teenagers. So this is something that we have to examine as responsible adults. So let's turn the whole world better by getting puppies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else were some of the benefits of having a dog? All all the way around, I think it's it's better to have a dog than a gun. It just makes a lot more sense for protecting your family because Right. Guns are lethal weapons, and a dog is a companion. It's not a lethal weapon. No, I'm, and I, I was talking to you this earlier about my mother. Uh, she's always had a dog with her, and she's always felt safer with a dog. And at one point in time, she took a self-defense class. And for anyone, whether you're whether you live alone or or not taking one of these classes, it just gives you a sense of practice 
where you can practice how to defend yourself so you're not as you have control of the situation uh, and it could be very close it doesn't have to be something where you like a projectile out like a, a taser or something but they do have tasers that are non-lethal and they have batons and 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 so forth but just learning certain mo- moves and motions will kind of give you uh, a sense of empowerment i remember my mother went and she couldn't wait for me to attack her <laughs> I was <laughs> like what she's like come for me she's like here grab my throat, grab my throat. And she was excited to like know that she could break my hands uh, away from her, from moves that she had learned. And she's like, tomorrow, tomorrow we learn how to take a kneecap off with your high heel. She was just very (laughs) excited (laughs) because she's never anywhere without these high heels. So they were going to benefit her one way or another, I guess, in this class. It's just one of those things that could help set your mind at ease. But you certainly can look at these things online. If you were afraid of being home or alone at home, these are some of the things that you could do. Having some of these, like you said, a whistle, there's different sprays you can have, pepper spray. There's lots of different non-lethal things to make you feel secure and not necessarily take a life when you may not be making the right decision in that that split second. I haven't done a self-defense training, but I've done some bystander and upstander training. And I love the way that they emphasize de-escalating conflict. Or certainly... When you have a gun, you have already escalated it to a lethal level. And I think that's what we're trying to explain. Don't escalate it to lethal the first thought you have when you have some sort of crisis. Great. Okay. So we've gone through already several different ways that you can protect yourself that are safer than a gun. And let's talk for a minute about building a sense of community through creating neighborhood watches uh, we were talking about this before, Ty. What's what's your experience with knowing your neighbors and creating a sense of safety in a community? There are plenty of people who do evening walks. Certainly, people walking their dogs. They're also their kids are out on a scooter. And but I do see a lot of nodding immediately when you see someone smiling and acknowledging that you're outside and high and giving you that kind of sense of, hey, we are a community, we're all going through this together. Keeping the people that you know is one thing, but knowing how to keep yourself attached to other people is certainly acknowledging them and talking to them. Uh, And I think a a neighborhood is is a a great way to do that, especially if they have a watch, if they're looking out for you. Certainly talking to people when you see them creates a sense of community. Yeah. Well, I know there's been more people out on the street, sitting on their stoop, uh, playing music, I feel that's true when you're when you're around people and you're in the same situation. But you know, I'm also talking to people. One of the things that you should definitely ask people if you know they don't have a great situation, whether they've been laid off, whether they had domestic problems already, uh, is is there a gun in the house? Uh, is your gun locked up? Those are direct questions. And if you have someone who's not doing well, you have to connect with them just like you do with anyone in a crisis. You have to be direct and you have to say, are you having thoughts of hurting someone else, hurting yourself? Do not ever say to someone, you're not going to do something stupid, are you? Uh, That disconnects them and they will not open up as much to tell you what's going on with them. First thing I would say when you're worried about somebody is ask them about suicide. Ask them if there's a gun in the house. Right. Yeah. But always ask them to store it. That's the one thing we need um, to is lock up your gun. You have kids home all the time. A couple of things that I've been looking at point to the idea that 
Gun violence spreads in many ways like a virus. It's communicated within small groups of social networks. And we tend to think of like gang violence. That's one of the things that we think of of very dangerous and, and very gun related. But it turns out through research that it's more about a social network where a small percentage of people who have access to guns are responsible for a large percentage of the gun violence incidents. And they're not necessarily gang members. So there have been these gun violence intervention programs that are starting. And this is type of thing, it sounds to me like a 12-step program where there'll be a call in to the person who is having an issue with violence, asking these type of questions, giving them some reality checks about the ways that their violent tendencies are affecting others in the community. So, of course, this is something that is structured and it, it it's being done in a more formal way, and you can look into it by researching gun violence intervention programs. And then a final way that people are beginning to intervene in violence is through doctors and hospitals. And this is based on the interview that you're going to have in the emergency room. And this is based on physicians now being able to take an active stance when there's violence, when there are gun-related injuries, and counseling people about them and putting them at, about the dangers and putting them in touch with resources so that they won't be back in the hospital um, right. with similar type of injuries or cause these injuries to others. That just about wraps up our show. But now it's time again for our hell yes. And I've got some hell yeah to dog owners everywhere for keeping us safe by owning a dog. Arf, 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 arf. And hell yeah to Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo for showing us leadership. Hell yeah to doctors and nurses, including our own Sunny Moon, for their bravery and love. Make sure your family and friends store their guns safely unloaded with ammunition and guns safely locked in separate locations during this pandemic. Finally, check in with your friends and neighbors who seem depressed or isolated. Give them a call, give them an email, give them a text, and ask if they are thinking of harming themselves. Nearly two-thirds of those killed in gun violence commit suicide. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, call one 800-273-8255 And I want to let you know about our upcoming events so get involved by following us on social media on Twitter we're at gag no guns on Insta and Facebook we're gays against guns New York like Share, watch, retweet, repost, help us get the word out. To find out more about having a fabulous time with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net. You can also learn more about our gag chapters located nationwide. We're everywhere from L.A. to D.C. to Chicago to Provincetown, and you can learn how to create your own chapter. And the biggest way you can support our show is by becoming a WBAI buddy. Give 
back to WBAI by making a contribution. Give to WBAI.org. Thanks for listening. We air every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. And if you miss that or want to hear us again, the show is often repeated. You can look at the programming schedule. You can also listen to previous radio gag shows anytime online at WBAI.org and gazeagainstguns.net. And now on your favorite streaming apps like Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And finally, we'll leave you with a song from our sister singing Queertet, Sing Out Louise. Bye. Sometimes I feel I've got to go outside. I must get resupplied, get my mail or go down to the grocery. It's do or dare going anywhere, but the cupboard's bare. So I stop and stare. Did I do this right? Once I slipped you on, did I slip and yawn? This tainted glove's polluted, and I am out of bleach diluted. I don't know, I think I'm going mad. Tainted glove, tainted glove. I don't know, did I touch anything?